Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to DC On Screen, a podcast about DC Universe properties on film and television, both past and present. Be warned, this and every episode of DC On Screen is spoiler-filled. If a show or film has been released, it is fair game. I'm your host, David C. Robertson, and this is my co-host, Jason. Hello. All right, guys. It has been 10 years since Batman Begins was released. Does, Does that seem right to you? Uh, yeah, actually. Really? Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, my my memories of it have faded so thoroughly that it must have been a good 10 years. Or it was extremely forgettable in a combination. I was actually... This week we, we, we do, we, we go back and we, we revisit Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale in Batman Begins. I really could not fathom that 10 years had passed it it makes sense to me um but it doesn't feel like it's been 10 years some of the graphics remind you that it's been 10 years just a couple (laughs) just a couple Um, and this kind of review has been you know a long time coming it has um we've we've made a lot of comments about the nolan trilogy Mm -hmm. um and over the next three weeks we're going to be hitting all those movies up we're not going to wait for the 10-year anniversary on all those we're yeah that's three straight weeks of nolan so either you're welcome or i'm sorry yeah whichever one applies now this is uh this is i wish i could say that this is the movie that brought back the the comic book movie but it's not blade did Back in uh, 2000, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, followed by the X Men, and shit, we had we had a couple of Spider Man in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did well so, in the theaters, but for some reason, it, it seemed like it was just all oh, Toby McGuire's cute. No, no one took it seriously for some reason. Yeah, uh, you know, hey. So, <clears throat> but the X is, you know, the X Men did well. Blade did fine. People started thinking yeah. they could maybe maybe try to make a movie here and there. Well, you know, and John Favreau we, blew we, the doors off of it. Well, that was 2008. I know. I know. This is 2005. I know. It's a, step, it's a step on the way to it. <laughs> Just to be clear. Uh-huh. Um, so Batman Begins, it was it was kind of weird for me. I went back and looked at my old blog because I knew I'd, I had written a review for it I, the day that I saw it. Uh-huh. And sure enough, it was interesting to look back at that. Um, some of the same problems I have um, were, were listed in the blog. Um, I did not just copy and paste it <laughs> to talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. You um, bothered to review 10 years worth of thoughts? Yeah. My, my two big comments apparently in the blog were, I hate Christian Bale's Batman voice, mm-hmm. and I miss the Danny Elfman theme. <laughs> well, none of that's changed. <laughs> none of that has changed. Uh, but jeez, man, I, I actually even did the thing where you you list the trailers that you saw in the movie, and dude, the trailer for Serenity came out on this movie. <laughs> the trailer for Dukes of Hazard, and ironically enough, the trailer for Fantastic Four, the first one, the one oh, that just got God. rebooted, that's currently sitting at fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, is actually lower than the original. No, I, the way Rotten I understand Tomatoes. it, it it topped out at twenty one percent, and to my knowledge, bottomed oh, out it? at eight percent. Before, I guess, settling at 14. Um, Wow. (laughs) See, yeah, Fantastic Four is one of those things I know I'm going to see it. I I thought, oh, I'll go see it. Sure, wait, we'll we'll go see how that does. And then it started doing really poorly, and I thought, well, save myself $10. And now it's done so poorly that now I'm going to go spend that $10 again. Yeah, you've come full circle. Right. 
Um, God, man, uh, I really, <laughs> I did. I saw that too. I I heard. Uh, I was like, oh, there was something I was gonna go see this week, and then I looked it up. I was like, oh, Fantastic Four, nah. <laughs> and then like a couple of days later, I looked it up, and it was at fourteen percent. I was like, I kind of really want to see. Now that it's now. a car wreck, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of my way to drive nearest that lane so I can look at it. Yeah, and a car wreck specifically because you don't want to say train wreck and get the wrong ticket. <laughs> there is an Amy Schumer movie called Train Wreck out right now, so which will probably serve you problem. much better than the Fantastic Four movie. Um, probably, I've heard good things. Now, Schumer's got Batman Begins. Batman Begins currently sits at eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it made almost two hundred and seven million dollars on a one hundred and fifty million dollar budget. I can't believe we even got a sequel. No, that is, I mean, well, don't get me wrong. You made your money, but they usually want more than 57. Right. I mean, they got more than that worldwide. This is a domestic number, but okay. because of all it's the fees and everything with worldwide, domestic is always where it counts. So right. that's kind of crazy. I didn't realize that those numbers were that bad. Well, and again, they're not bad. They're just not great. Yeah. And um, yeah. And like 48 million of that was the opening weekend. <laughs> right. So I did not contribute eh. to that. I, it took me a few weeks to get around to this movie when it came around the first time. I I did. <clears throat> I, I I went. It had been you know God ninety seven mm-hmm. since we'd seen any Batman movie. So yeah, and I loved Christian Bale because of American Psycho. I was on Team Bale right until I saw the movie. Um, hey, you know, all it, right. And this is almost a black. He's a he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and very man, committed. It, yeah, he goes. He even he should be committed. Away. Um, um, so committed, he should be committed, right? I mean, you know, I, as a as a person, uh, uh, apparently he's a, a five foot seven piece of dick, but he, as an actor, he kind of kills it. Um, Supposedly, yeah. Doesn't it's not even like he did a particularly bad job at certain portions of this movie. Just there were certain choices no. that went way too far. Certain choices were uh, it wasn't I bad. Think, mm, I think Christian Bale. Like I have never been one to lay blame on an actor unless they did a poor job. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale did a pretty good job. I say a pretty good job mm-hmm. with the script he was given. I'm not one to sit here and say George Clooney ruined Batman. He did not ruin Batman. A terrible script. A terrible directions from the studio not even from joel schumacher necessarily ruined batman and robin right um so i'm not looking to lay blame on christian bale except i mean if someone should have heard that voice and said nope he's a billionaire he can afford a voice modulator we are not doing that voice he sounds like he has strep throat yeah and look all right and i I watched very closely and the voice isn't as bad at the beginning of the movie it starts to get bad towards the end of the movie well, and in then the beginning by, of the movie, it's more high pitched and nasally. Yeah, but um, and also they're kind of doing, they're jumping around in time a little bit. He's younger, and he gets a little bit older. It's 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 only a few years, but um, there's he does. He sounds a little bit younger. He's just kind of pitching his voice down a little bit when he's when he's first in mm-hmm. that in in the outfit. And by the time he gets to the back end of the movie, it's straight up. It's that growl. Um, it's the one like by the time he's in Dark Knight Rises, it sounds like he swallowed a frog who has a smoking problem. <laughs> yeah not good all right so but this is still we why we this... to this day we don't trust nolan and goyer is they didn't say no someone yeah. whipped that voice out and they agreed well there are multiple reasons i don't trust goyer and nolan <laughs> <But>. <laughs> such as mm-hmm. this opening scene of batman begins rachel dawes and bruce wayne are little kids they're running around uh <laughs> and bruce steals an arrowhead from Rachel he does. and falls down a cave um, and the arrowhead comes back 
Mm-hmm. What was the significance of the arrowhead? I had something about finders keepers. Um, uh-huh. Okay. I, I, yeah. I think it's just. You remember that cute childhood memory we had when something really terrible happened? No. You remember how close we were? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's. Um, remember that one bad well, thing that just, happened in our entirely overprivileged lives? I just kept thinking that the arrowhead had to be of some symbolism. Because that it should have been a Green Arrow movie, right? Like I just, <laughs> I I'm sitting there thinking, like, did they think that they were making Green Arrow for the first portion of this movie? No, the prop master got a bad memo for just for like one day's worth of work. He worked on that Arrowhead, and I oh, screw it. We already paid him. We'll find a way. We'll find a way to get it. Or make maybe they were setting up a Green Arrow movie. Like maybe like Rachel Dawes was originally going to like move to Star City and then like meet Oliver Queen and be like, no, uh, no a good man. No, once no one gave was me willing to arrow. dream that big yet. We weren't. We weren't I know. There. It just we made no there. sense. It makes no sense in the movie that he has an arrowhead, that they've stolen the arrowhead, that the, the there's a thing with it. That's it, stupid. It's stupid. It, just, it makes no sense in the entire movie. It was just a little silly. All it was was just, uh, like I said, it's just, hey, remember that time we did something. That's it. It's just a little token, a little non sequitur. Well, one of the, like, we cut to Bruce in the prison mm-hmm. fighting criminals. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy is like, I am the devil. And Bruce says, you're not the devil, you're practice. Right. I actually really like that line. Hell yeah, you do, because it's a good line. And then It's a good line. At the end of this, when they finally break up the scene, um, you know, the, the guy's dragging him away, drag him away and say it's uh, it's it's for protection. And he says, I don't need protection. And they go, no, from that, for them. Yeah. Um, that's one toke over the line, man. Didn't care for that. <laughs> no, no, that was still good. I was still on No, board. that's a- that's action movie bullshit, man. That's, that's one toke over the line. Oh, come on no you can't get excited about your practice and then not not care about that if they weren't so close together i think i think i could but well, like, that's once why that they worked for me you threw in. them all in one little quick scene and then we go off to something else yeah i mean i guess they're the one bit of fun because throughout the entire rest of this movie everyone is a damn philosopher yes like everyone speaks very eloquently right about fear and vengeance and justice and apparently in in whatever world this is uh part of general curriculum for high school is turning a phrase 101 everybody in this freaking film knows how to turn a word around um yep you know how like in the in like a normal movie every once in a while like one in every three or four movies Mm -hmm. you'll have a character who said like the bad guy will say something to somebody and be like blah 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 and then like later on when the when the tables have turned and the good guy gets to say the same line back to them and and it's like oh shot yeah a taste of your own medicine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this film does it like Six different times. Six different times that I count. Um, yeah. Well, the the worst uh, of well, the most grievous one to me is uh, you never did mind. To, no, you never did learn to mind your surroundings. Yeah. Okay. That one's the worst that one might... for me. That was the top of my well, list. Well, that one doesn't make sense. That just sounds like Bruce is like really struggling to get a good one liner in. That's exactly what it looked like. That's that's even how it <laughs> plays. It it really it it's like the fourteen year old behind a locked door being told to go to his room, going, but but your room. Yeah, it does. It's bad. But like these people have a ama- an amazing ability. Like they can remember shit that they said in great detail. Years, right? Years. Yeah. From when they said it. Like, uh, like th- you know, it's not what's underneath, but what you do that defines you. That was actually pretty, that was like a week. I'll give them that. 
No, that one wasn't the I'll, one that that, that one, one wasn't one that bothered me. If that was the only one in the film, it would actually be pretty good. However, the fact that Katie Holmes or Rachel says uh, your father would be ashamed of you, and then like some eight years later tells Bruce, "I was wrong what I said. Your father would be proud." Yeah, you telling me she's going to remember what exactly she said about his daddy? Well, I mean, no, he might. Because well, he would. <laughs> that's the kind of scarring line that you actually do remember word for word. But the person that delivers it is much less likely to remember that word for word. Yeah, actually, sitting here in my notes, I've looked and noticed that you never did learn to mind your surroundings was circled like three times, and the others were <laughs> put in like a little listicle. So apparently, I did find that one more egregious than all the others as well. Right. Uh, um, well, it's the one that comes up over and over again. Yeah. Well, by over Except and over, for, I mean yeah. exactly three oh. times. So over and over. But you also have, uh, because someone will probably leave a comment or something and say, you know, well, you only listed like three. Okay. Well, there's the, it's all very technical that Mr. Earl says to Bruce when Bruce asks him who bought the, the remaining shares of the, or the, the shares of the company. Well, um, it's all very technical later. Yeah. And then Stock, Bruce says security, it back to him. Blah, blah. Uh, didn't you get the memo? Yeah. Yeah. When because, Earl fires Lucius and then Lucius fires Earl. Right. Nothing will upgrade the classiness of your film quicker than some 80s sarcasm. Right. Didn't you get the memo? God. Yeah. yeah. It hurt every I, time I mean, you heard it, didn't it? Yes. I, and and you people know. were laughing in the theater, and I'm going, really? Really? Well, okay. Oh, oh, okay. That's a 20-year-old line. Okay. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. So, way too many callbacks to, uh, well, you know, why do we fall? Uh, okay. Why do we fall, Bruce? Why do we fall? Why do we fall? And, uh, All right. I... I think if you took any any one of this short of the memo thing, that's just off off the track. Uh, but a few of these, if you'd just taken them and that's all that you had, if that was the totem for the movie, any one of them mm-hmm. I think would have been okay. Mm-hmm. I'd have been perfectly down. I mean, if we had just done the why do you fall, Bruce? Why do we fall, mister? Um, if that was all that was, and you'd heard it twice, and they were at two good times, hell yeah, man. Good job. Um, it was. It was just overuse. Overuse. Way, way, yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Bruce gets thrown into solitary uh, for the other prisoner's protection. Mm-hmm. And Henry Descartes shows up, as played by Liam Neeson. As we know, he is Raish al Ghul. Of course. Uh, and I do say Raish al Ghul. Yeah. Yeah. That's in Raz. my notes specifically. Now, um, I, I've, I've looked into it, and apparently, Raz or some version of Ross is. is Probably more more uh, accurate, but the creator says his name is Raish. That's I mean, all it is to it, man. Adam said people, he's Raish. Period. We're done here. People tell me I sp- I pronounce my name my last name differently uh, or incorrectly. Uh, they say it's Roberson, not Robertson, because there's not two B's. Well, I don't care what they say. Right, right. That's that's how your name is said. Um, yeah, I I just got to side with Adams. Well, Adams and Denny O'Neill, yeah. yeah, out of out of respect. Chuck Dixon and all those cats, yeah, it's Raish. Yeah, these are the people who saved ultimately, us from uh, John Stewart having a really poor name. So ultimately, I really, I always side. With, I just side. I'm just siding with Paul Dini. <laughs> That's all it is. Like I don't care what anybody else. Says. End of the it's day, Paul Dini. What did Dini yeah. agree to? All right, we're doing that. Um, so you know, Duke Hard, they they rattle about anger outweighing my guilt, and I actually did like that line. My anger outweighs my guilt. Mm-hmm. Um. They they talk about fear and all that. There bullshit. were there were some good one liners. It's just there were there were a lot of people don't talk like that. No, no. I mean, no one talks like that. And oh, no, no. It, you would you would have to have time to work up dialogue to have some of the conversations they had. Yeah. You, you, um. Mm. Now all of this is intercut with flashbacks, and so many flashbacks is actually annoying. Cause yeah. The only way you can I really keep to God, track of like, what time it is is. Uh, 
Bell's hair. <laughs> That's really about it. Because he has this this kind of, uh, I don't know, 90s frat boy haircut there for a little while. And then he's got the short hair. And you know, oh, okay. It's slicked back now. He's old. Got it. I think there are, I think there's at least, t- I want to say three. But it may have only been twice and just felt like more. But I want to say there's at least three times in this movie where they cut back to that oddly pedophilic seeming scene where like bruce's dad is like letting him listen to his heart with the with the stethoscope i i didn't get anything didn't get anything pettery from that no well part of that for me though is that like his dad is so creepy he is like, but thomas wayne does look is like so Bale. creepy he does a little bit yeah it's good cast i've seen that dude in other stuff and he doesn't always seem that creepy but like i didn't find him all that creepy i, I really didn't he's he kind of well, when you start to noble. piece together especially in the it's tops. like it's like bruce we made this railway we made this railway bruce and we put wayne tower right in the center so everyone could always remember who gave them stuff yeah that part that part confuses me though is bruce really like nine years old and that's the first time he's ever seen wayne enterprises right i mean it, they make it sound like at the very least he's not very familiar with it and then um, later when like like bruce's dad is a dick what he the, knows uh, his kid he knows his kid is terrified of bats so he takes him to a freaking what was the deflator mouse something i don't even know uh, but he takes him operatic nonsense. to an takes him to an opera first of all where there are don't take the kid to the people. opera right um i i kind of actually miss it like in the comics it has always tr- traditionally been that they went to see a movie um right and probably well since frank miller it's always been like the mask of zorro i could have dealt with it being the gray ghost well, starring and, and, michael Ke- it should have been the gray ghost starring michael keaton and jack nicholson <laughs> <laughs> no yes no sir just, just don't show it don't that show is, it don't show it that is just several totes over a line no 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 have it on the marquee oh god um, and like bruce is really excited and like yeah great ghost oh no then there's this tornado with sharks in it yeah um no 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 that would have been great if they like walked out of the theater and bruce is just like all like excited and he's just seen the great ghost and michael keaton and jack nicholson it's just it's just uh, the michael keaton jack nicholson i can't do no but you're you're absolutely right that part is important because they leave this theater and it, it entirely changes the motivation of batman because one of the things i loved about it when he's a kid he wants to go see this movie and he's so excited and then he as soon as they step out and Mm-hmm. walk through Rape Alley for some fucking reason. Why is the Opera House attached to Crime Alley? You've got graffiti on the side of the Opera House. Okay. Um, well, in this universe, they would never call it Crime Alley because that's not realistic. <laughs> Crime Street? There aren't really alleys named that? Um, it's still going to be Murder Row. There aren't security guards outside at all. Right. It's just there's a, like a, a back door that not even employees, not even food service employees at this establishment are outside smoking. That's how dangerous that alley is. That is impossible yeah. to find. But no, we're just going to stroll through. We'll be fine. Thomas, you arrogant prick. He didn't die good. Yep. He didn't die good at all. Um, yeah, and he's even creepy when he's dying. He's laying there like telling Bruce, it'll be all right. No, and he tells I'm him, like, don't be afraid. Yeah, yeah, all that crap. And like, it's like, if Which I is saw weirdly that, kind of abusive. Don't you cry. Daddy's going to yeah, die now, and, but don't you cry about like, it. I'm looking at his dad's face and the delivery of those lines, and I'm going, that is the most frightening thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but it's no, like it, his dad is creepy up though, until the end. That is such an important part for me that he leaves this movie that he wanted to go see that his parents took him to because he was Mm -hmm. excited about and they leave this Mm -hmm. theater and he's still excited because he loves this guy and then it's the last time Mm -hmm. he really experienced like actual joy 
Yeah. That's his that's his departure from possible happiness. That alley. Right. And it's it, he blames himself because he wanted to do something. So it's it's the last mm-hmm. time this kid has ever experienced anything that wasn't true discipline because the one the last time he remembered doing anything just because he wanted to, everyone died. Yeah, that's a that's a great point See, too. And it's also it serves really important as a to me, great though, in the Batman mythos and changing it now to I mean, it's a fair take. It's just not as good to me. Because now they've I mean, changed his... it to he left. They had to leave the theater unexpectedly because he was afraid. And it now totally he can't turned it from fear. a Yeah, it totally turned it from like a Batman origin almost to a Spider-Man origin. Right. And the, the fact because... is, no one points out in this movie that it's okay to be afraid of an opera. Uh, as He's a nine-year-old boy who already had a built-in fear. And don't get me wrong, I, I can get behind, you know, desensitization as a as a fear-based man. I mean, the way I learned to swim was getting thrown into the deep end of a pool. I get it. That's not okay. <laughs> hey, I swam, man. Um, <laughs> I'm fine. I get the method. It's, it's You're one of the good. lucky ones. No, I mean, you know, normally there's just a counselor attached, but it's a tried and true thing. And you, mm-hmm. I can get behind it as far as that, but it's not his fault. His dad should have used the front door where they had valets I know. and lights. I know. Um, oh, Kills I, the whole I, thing. You know, I, I think it's it's more important that, that Bruce was really into something, either Zorro or Grey Ghost or whatever, he, what have you. Right. Um, that he has to, some sort of vigilante mentor. Yeah. You know, because it also, mentor. It, yeah, it also like strikes a cool little balance. It's like it's a foreshadowing the the departure of family for the vigilante. Right. Like he chose to go see that movie for the to see the vigilante, and you, you get what I'm saying. Right, uh, right. This thing where like Kid Bruce, Kid Bruce is such a bad actor, by the way. <laughs> like after seeing David Mazow or whatever his name is over in Gotham, this kid is so bad. And I remember thinking the kid was bad before. It's just like this kid is so bad. Uh, he didn't. Like, I, I he didn't even just, know. Him. I was too worried about the adults around him to even notice the kid. This kid is a whiny, weepy kid. Well, he like, just lost scared his parents. Of everything, and they—they're—they're they're so. No, even before oh, you're talking about before his parents. Well, then he just fell down a well, got attacked by a bunch He's of bats. He's like, I a well. It's the best. I don't know. Uh, I can't say what I would do if like, I fell into a well and got attacked by a bunch of bats. At the very least, I'd want a shower. Well, yeah, a shower. You don't want to lay in your bed for two months and cry because bats. I can't anyway, two months. I mean, this is the kid that will grow up to be Batman. I'm sorry, I have a hard time. Well, they're they're trying to lay the seeds for disappointment futures. Uh, yeah. Trying to get yeah. get you yeah. used to the idea that yeah. Batman will give up every now and then. <laughs> yeah, he lays in bed for two months because bats scare right. him. Right. Then he retires for eight years because Rachel died. Right. You whiny piece of shit. Um. <laughs> <sighs> All right. uh, We'll get to that. So one of the things that confused me greatly in the movie, and they they did get to explaining it kind of, um, there's a bit where Alfred is telling Bruce they're in the plane, and um, Alfred tells Bruce, in the Depression, your father nearly bankrupted Wayne Enterprises combating poverty. And he's like, oh, did it help? And he's like, in a way, their murder shocked the wealthy and the powerful into action. I'm going, in the freaking Depression? <laughs> what? Like, what year is this set no, in? No, no, I, I thought about that, and yeah, the, the best I <clears throat> could come up with on. was some headcanon where apparently the Depression happened in, like, the early 80s. In this no, version. no, no. Later in the movie, they, they imply that, well, yeah, they, <laughs> they, they imply basically that... Uh, the depression was Gotham only, and that it was like in the eighties. Like they don't say that. 
Well, they, he says they, he uses uh, they used economic means to attack Gotham this time. And right, right. The they, so the League back. of Shadows, the League of Shadows was involved in the uh, in the depression. Of course, they were the ones that started that. So okay, but when you you know heads up, writers, when you refer to the depression. I'm thinking of the damn Dust Bowl and shit. Like, yeah. I'm thinking of, like, I'm, I'm thinking the New Dirt's Deal. Uh, yeah. That's... I'm not thinking of, like, some random ass, you know. <laughs> we're not talking about, like, in the Carter era people backed up at yeah. a gas pump thing. We're, we're right. Incidentally, yeah, that no, was I'm... stagflation. Not the same thing. Right. But when you say the Depression, that makes me think, oh, this shit's happening in, like, the 60s somehow. Yeah. Even though everything looks modern. Even though technology is doing great. Right. No, this is just a, a a world where the depression happened in the 30s like it normally did, but uh, mm-hmm. no one stopped Tesla. So transistors and whatnot came along much earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, there are statues to Tesla still in Ohio. So yeah. So uh, over the course of this movie, uh, let's see, Falcone, which is also a, a weird way. Everyone says Falcone. Mm-hmm. Everyone on Gotham says Falcone. I always read it as Falcone. Um, I did. Maroni Falcone. Because, Simple. You don't want yeah, it to be Maroni um, Falcone. Now, I mean, it's not I know a fucking if they Sesame Street in, sketch, right? And I don't know if they were still in Italy. It would be Falcone, <laughs> um, but a lot, lot of lots of Italian immigrants when they came here, they dropped that, they dropped that, uh, that extra vowel sound at the end. Mm-hmm. So I, it just it's always been Falcone in my mind, and uh, as as it should be, I think. But um, but everyone says Falcone, yeah, as know. like Falcone Island. Where you can get a euro. I agree, but same time, you insist <laughs> that right your name ride. is Robertson. So I know I wasn't gonna. I, I wasn't gonna it's make just, a big deal out of Falcone. Now, um, I prefer. It just it sounds again. dumb. <laughs> it just sounds yeah. dumb to have a, a villain named Falcone. I, I don't know, I, I, especially when it's coming out of Rachel Dawes' mouth. Well, sure, but everything coming out of her mouth sounds pretty much dumb. It was like watching yeah. uh, a few fire logs that have been strapped together and given a script. Mm-hmm. She was she was not in good form. I don't know what good form for Katie Holmes is like exactly, but this was not it. What did you think of Bruce taking the gun to that courtroom? Not my bet. Yeah, see, in my mind, Bruce would never pick up a gun after what happened to his parents. Not because some chick slapped him in the face. Right. Well, not because of any damn thing. I mean, even... In every version of of, uh, of that origin that I really really like, it's it's not even that Batman has an aversion to guns. It's Bruce as well. I mean, the the uh, he's got he's a dual personality, but both sides of him fully agree that guns are complete cowardly bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you want to actually take someone down, you should be able to do it, uh, you know, by your own hand. And yeah, re- reducing uh, any kind of primal urge to a gun is just a coward shortcut. Now that's fine. That doesn't. And I understand he wants revenge. I understand he wants to kill Joe Chill. But this isn't. This isn't. No version of that. Something I wanted to see. There were a lot better things you yeah. could do with that time. Yeah. So the film glosses over where Bruce actually learned to fight. Um, it wasn't with the League of Shadows because he can already fight really right. well. Clearly. Um, I guess at Princeton. I, yeah, I guess. I don't, know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They they vaguely mentioned that he was at Princeton. Well, yeah, and then he thought about shooting Joe Chill, and then Rachel slapped him, and mm-hmm. then he got beaten up by some goons. By the way, Carmine Falcone, or Falcone, the guy playing him just hams it up, man. Like, he, he is he awful. Does. He does ham it up. He is awful. He makes you and, really um, miss the guy from Gotham, doesn't he? The guy from Gotham is masterful. <laughs> he really is so he good. Was, he was subtle and dark and fucking intriguing. This guy just constantly explains to you what his role in the film is. 
He it just every his every yeah. word and action is constantly saying, "I'm the bad guy." See, you're like, "All right, check it out, kid. You got balls coming down here." Right. But here's the situation. There's a cop over there. There's a judge over there. There's a couple of other guys over there who could probably haul me in. And I wouldn't the give worst a version second of thought Flask about ever conceived over here. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't give two shits if I blew your brains out right now. Cause I own this town. See, it's just awful. It's just awful. It's very bad. Um. And no, no, right, no part of this scene works for me. Look, Bruce, no version of Bruce would ever take a gun to the courthouse. First of all, no. Bruce would never pick up a gun, period. If it, He's apparently well-trained, even to the point mm-hmm. that he's well-trained enough now that he doesn't need, he need, he can fight members of the League of Shadows. Um, yeah. He doesn't need well, I mean, he d- a gun. Well, no, he picks up the gun before all of that, because like he has the gun, he comes back from Princeton, he doesn't think he's going back, um, then he goes to the courtroom, someone else kills Joe Chill, Falcone, or Falcone, has him killed. Oh, yeah, Joe that's Chill right, killed, all right, so it's in that little interim, but when he goes off and learns learns to be a criminal and everything, that's when he learns to fight right so it, right, at princeton yeah. he doesn't have yeah. any fighting skills here he doesn't have right any no skills. yeah all right so even so, still like, i don't think he'd he i don't think he'd pick up a gun period yeah i still yeah i don't think he would which that's, that's very similar thought to it i don't think you'd think to assassinate joe chill period i yeah i i, I don't know how to completely even argue for that it's just it's batman that's one of the defining features and, of this character is he does not choose to kill any you know he could right so he wouldn't go down and, there and he wouldn't take the gun down to a freaking courthouse because he wouldn't risk innocent life mm-hmm. that was never going to happen and see one of the things that bothers me about it and how does this, the courthouse this film, in gotham not have better security by the way right but well i mean he is you know gotham's favorite son i'm sure he just walks in there and go oh mr wayne will of course take a seat <laughs> no at the moment he was gotham's the wayward was. son he was just a yeah. they would have searched him for drugs probably but um yeah this is a, such a strange such a strange version of batman to me and the the in my mind i think they they they, they purposefully weakened bruce and they did it for a, for the sake of a love story and I know you know this trope mm-hmm. where, you know, you have the hero who's who's the male character and then they just throw in a female character for no reason other than to just be like the conscience of the character. Mm-hmm. That is all Katie Holmes is doing here. Right. They tried to give her more, but they really didn't do a great job of it. Like she's just the conscience of the city. And I don't want that at all. Like if anything, you they would have it would have been a tighter movie if you had Bruce who decided I, I don't want to deal with a gun. I'm not going to kill anybody, blah, blah, blah. But I want to stop this from happening again. There you go. There's your strong character. We don't need Rachel Dawes. We don't need a romantic interest for Bruce. We don't need... This is a person who never existed in anything else. Well, Why that's do the we other part. Is if you're going to... If you're going to give her that role, she's Silver St. Dolls. That's who she fucking is right now. Right. So if you're going to do that, you go ahead and use the character that's already on the books. Um, right. You don't need to create a new character. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're doing it, you're, you're doing it, like you said, you're doing it just to give a voice to the conscience of the city and, and let him be able to reflect some thoughts. Bruce, even when he's just Bruce before the bat, is still an insular being. He doesn't, he, he doesn't trust anyone else to reconcile his thoughts for him. Right. There's never been a version of of, a, of any Wayne, really, that was, you know, extroverted enough to really ask other people for, for an opinion like that. No, he was going to have this, his thoughts, period. This this Bruce Wayne is basically Thea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the reason he won't kill that farmer when he's training with the League of Assassins mm-hmm. is because Rachel slapped him one time. Right. 
Now, no, that now that's one of the things that I actually liked about it is uh, they keep they keep mentioning compassion. That's another one of those just the, the runners throughout the show is um, they keep mentioning that compassion is is what makes him weak, and he keeps using it as a separating trait from what makes him different from the rest of the league. I actually yeah, really like that. that. That's really good. Yeah, that's good. Because um, yeah, that the it's the 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 old argument, right? Why would you just why not just kill the Joker? Um, yeah. Why do you keep filling up Arkham, who apparently has revolving doors on the other side of it, just to just to have to fight him again? Yeah. Well, that's what makes him different. It that you know compassion in the face of all logic. Yeah. That part I can get behind. So, but. yeah, but at no point do I think that like like I said, it would be a tighter movie. It would be a better movie if Rachel Dawes did not exist. If he needed an assistant DA, how about Harvey Dent? Yeah. That way you get more time with Harvey. So in The Dark Knight, when he becomes Two-Face, guess what? It makes a little more sense and you care a little more. Right. Could have had a whole thing um, going. Could have had three characters develop the whole time instead of just Gordon. And, and by the way. There is very nearly, there's no real call. I mean, unless you're doing straight up Selena Kyle. Right. Or, or, or Harley or Poison Ivy or something. Mm-hmm. You know, an actual character that's there in the comics. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to start inserting just random women into Bruce's life to give him a conscience. No. Bruce is Batman. No. And that's the thing. It, it kind of it takes it away from me because I know where this ends. And I've said this before about uh, about Batman. And I know where that story ends. It's mm-hmm. never going to be Batman lives happily ever after with a girl. Um, it's always going to be he has to choose between the personal life and, and his vigilante life. And he always he's always going to choose vigilante. He's never going right. to. He's always going to push the people he really loves away. That's just that's how a character like that like that is built. And you can only change it for a second. You can only change it yeah, long enough and to do a story arc. And unless it's interesting enough, the, the story arc can't just be, oh, what if Bruce fell for somebody for a second? Because I don't give a damn. Well, here, here's the caveat to that. In the comics uh-huh. and in animated series of some uh, of in, at times, there is a future where Bruce does wind up marrying Selina, right? And their son is Robin, and Dick is you know Batman or whatever it is, or Tim is Batman, and that's a fine ending to that life. Okay, cool. He gets a little too old to be Batman. He becomes like Commissioner Wayne or whatever, right? Of the police force, or and then he's like a city council some, member or something. Yeah, fine. or he becomes like a mayor. Cool, <laughs> whatever. But he's still Batman. Yeah, that's the thing is, as an Elseworld tale, as a fascinating ending to something. Sure, man, great. Let's you know, let's explore that one episode. And they've done that in certain episodes of shows that we've uh, we've already talked about, where yeah. you get the little one-off. What would happen? It was fine, but mm-hmm. it doesn't count. And right now, this is a movie about Batman beginning. Right. I know he's going to end up being Batman. I know he's going to push all these these people who love him away. Just the way I see it, unless punch, it's man. Selena Kyle or Talia. If you're writing Batman properly, mm-hmm. any other any other female brought in to be a romantic entanglement for Bruce, it does a disservice to that character. It does a disservice to the Bruce Wayne character, and it does a disservice to the female character you've created. Because there, if you're writing Batman correctly, because he has no need for that shit. Right. It ends in tears, no matter how you do it. Unless you're Paul Dini, and then yeah, give me the mask of the Phantasm. Right. And, and then make me let weep me literally end it awesome. in tears, and we're good here. Now it has to be. Mm-hmm. It, has, it just it has to be a good enough story. But you have to know that that at that point that you're writing a story about something that's going to fail. It's a, you're writing a tragedy. Um, yeah. And if you take it seriously and take it down that road and really make me feel something, that's one thing. Um, yeah. Like Mask of the Phantasm, I never expected to be happy. That's a scene that like you hit me the wrong Tears day with up. that, and that's going to stop my day. But yeah, this didn't cut it. Rachel, no, not just by not a long enough. Shot. Just not enough. Not by a long shot. Um. All right. Um. So, uh, 
with that, I guess I'll talk about Falcone and Crane want to kill Rachel. <laughs> and so does the audience. Because um, she's digging a little too deep into into uh, Professor Crane's psychological dealings at Arkham, which is, by the way, in the Narrows for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Arkham looks like a clinic. It doesn't look like Arkham Asylum. It's, no. There's no... I guess they thought that would be too hammy or unrealistic. Like, this is going to be a broken down clinic it's and the, it's the ghetto the somewhere. It's definitely the worst idea in the movie. To actually make it a, a real building. <laughs> it's not the worst idea, not the worst but it ain't idea the best the either. No, I mean, it, if you told me I'm going to take all the all the scariest, uh, most insane people in this, this already criminally filled city and give them to you, where would you like me to put them? I'm not going to point at that big gothic-ass looking building over there and be like, let's put them in the scary place. No, I'm going to find a big oh, white yeah. building with nice, clean, clear walls and let's put them here. Nah, man. Nah, man. You got to put them out on the outskirts of town where that big castle is. Right. With actual gargoyles on the on the women. <laughs> right. Right. It's... Now, um... now, gargoyles traditionally are on the outside of buildings to protect the outside, the people from the inside from them. See, I've always thought the gargoyles on the front of the Arkham Asylum should have been turned the other way around. Oh, man. If we ever get to do a Batman movie, we won't. But if we ever get to do a <laughs> Batman movie, that's what we're doing. Just a quick little gargoyle turning the wrong way. Um, God, that's awesome. <laughs> so, or at the very least, have like the gargoyles turn the right way, you know, pointing pointing outward. Right. And then someone just throw in a line of dialogue about the gargoyles, what they were meant to do, and like Gordon says, should have been facing the other way. Yeah, somebody just while they're walking just through acknowledge the gate looks it. up and says, that's facing the wrong way, isn't it? Oh, man. Um... <laughs> so Falcone and Crane want to kill Rachel, mm-hmm. and uh, which brings us to one of the most stupid things they did in the movie. She's an assistant DA. Of course. If Falcone and Crane didn't want to kill her, she would have gotten in her BMW mm-hmm. and driven to the Upper East Side of town, mm-hmm. or whatever it was, and uh, and and that would be that. But because the film requires them to have a way to get to her. She takes like the shitty Wayne, the the shitty Wayne train that Mister Earl has apparently left to rot, mm-hmm. um, right into the damn ghetto. Of course, where everyone either lives or has to go through to get to where they live. Yeah, I mean, all the people that show up at Bruce's party, his birthday party, for instance, I don't know where they live. They didn't not show the me narrows. anything like that. Yeah, a couple they of don't wide live shots. In the narrows. It's not eh. anyway. Now, I guess I guess I'll talk about this now, Mister Earl. Mm-hmm. Batty McBatterson? I don't... Hmm? Batty McBatterson? Yeah, uh, you know, Rutger Hauer. Um, this dude is just a dick for no reason. <laughs> like, he just is. And mm-hmm. like, they don't actually ever really explain why he's a dick to Bruce. They don't really explain why he's a dick to Lucius, except that Lucius caused problems. Oh, yeah. Apparently ask ask too many just, questions, that's all. He's just an angry capitalist. That's all he is. Right. He's just an angry, greedy capitalist. Mr. Fat Cat. He's one of the people you're supposed to remember hating. The old trope. When, when the riots happen two movies later, you're supposed to remember, oh, and that guy, I didn't like him either. Yeah. They're all like By that. the way, it, was it just me or was like, you know, like you've read year one. Mm-hmm. Frank Miller's year one. Sure. Jim Gordon was a badass. Sure, yeah. Um, he's taking I mean, down guys in the police department who are corrupt. <laughs> this Jim Gordon. Look, in year one, in one night, he gets his ass beat by like four officers, still puts up a fight, um, and decides to beat an ass and all, go find Detective mm-hmm. Flass, pulls him over on the side of a road, beats the shit out of him, and leaves him to leaves him to bleed. I believe, yeah, yeah, I believe it was snow. I, don't, I forget what the scenery. It wasn't pretty. Um, mm-hmm. Leaves him to bleed, and the thought bubble kind of going away is... There's no way he'll ever report it. He won't, you know, his his reputation can't take the hit. 
This is a yeah. calculated card carrying bad man. The Jim Gordon and Batman Begins is a complete coward. <laughs> he was really interested in the bat toys. Yeah. Like he's, he just he's, he's supposed to be the childlike, uh, you know, connection we have in this film. That's just not right. I mean, but all right. Then again, if his big nemesis is Detective Flash in this film, like his big yeah. nemesis is a guy who looks like he modeled himself after John Belushi in Animal House. Yeah, we have uh a guy who who has just taken, you know, a bribe and he Flash walks back to the car and gets in with Gordon. And he's like, "You want a taste?" He's like, "No, you know I don't do that." And he's like, "I keep offering and offering and i keep thinking you know you're gonna take it blah 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 wise up. okay yeah you're gonna wise up and he's like there's nothing wise about what you do flas a good line a good line i will say that yeah yeah but he's like you know guys like you make guys like me nervous think maybe you're gonna rat he's like eh, who is there to rat to anyway you coward <laughs> you snivelly little shit this is oh, not Jim Gordon. I, I'll give him an out on that. It's not like he has a. It's not like he's participating. He's being brave enough to to not play, which in which in that town is its own its own right to die. Um, yeah. So th- he's not a complete coward. He just he definitely lacks a plan. This isn't the ambitious Gordon that walked in and and decided he was going to take care of this before he ever figured out there was a co- a colleague out there, a, a fellow in arms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, traditionally Gordon without Batman. Gordon was already going to try to fix everything himself. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're doing in Gotham right now, and it's one of the cool parts of the show. Is just not in this, not in this timeline though, not in this no, movie. No, you can like Gordon's the Gotham just... in uh, the the Gordon that's in Gotham right now. You can barely fit his ball sack on screen most of the time. This guy does not have yeah. that problem until the, the second. The guy in Gotham, the, his he's got so much sack that he has to walk like a cowboy. Right. It's like <laughs> he gets kind of gets kind of carried by Dolly to uh, from scene to scene. But you're right. Like <laughs> you you pointed this out, and it is. It's a very it's the Gordon story. Um, I, I he's he's the only one they develop that much. He's the only one they spend that much time on. They don't spend that much. I mean, they of course they spend a lot of time on on Bruce, but they something actually kind of the way they focus on Gordon, he's the one that you end up relating to more. And he's the one mm. that from by, by the, at the beginning of the movie, he's got absolutely no hope. And by the end of the movie, he's you know he's the brave the brave face of of change. And he's he's got as much story to tell, maybe more. Than, than Batman by the end of this film. And then, you know... Well, he should. But as it is, he's just a big coward. <laughs> who sits around waiting for Batman to do things. Right. <sighs> this, they did. They basically made, like, the thinner, younger version of the Pat Hingle version from the old 89 Batman movies. Like, he's just, I don't know what's happening, but there's Batman. Oh, it wasn't as bad sad, as, like... Sad man. Batman 66 or anything, but it was... Oh, man, Batman 66, they actually literally have a scene. Like, I think it's the first episode, like, High Diddle Riddle, where they're like, <laughs> yep, it's the Riddler, all right. And, like, the Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara are standing in the office with, like, in the police headquarters with, like, like all of their, like, lieutenants and everything. And they're like, is there any man here good enough to defeat the Riddler? And all of the cops just hang their heads. <laughs> And he's like, hmm. And he looks over at the Bat phone. It's, the show's so great, man. If you guys haven't seen 66, <laughs> Batman 66, that shit and, is hilarious. Go ahead and waste it's some time great. on that. It's going to be great. Um, 
They are. They're a delight. Uh, you know, I've forgotten most of them. And then you go back and you, you'll find one maybe on TV somewhere. Or hell, AMC is taken to airing them sometimes on Saturdays. And you, you just you run across an episode and you just can't help but finish it. Yeah. And, you know, a, a scene like that, like right out of the gate, that's some like Simpsons, Futurama, Family Guy type shit right there. Man, that's mm-hmm. like, that's clear just like, oh man, that's just brilliant comedy. So, um,. It's an hour. We are an hour in when Batman actually shows up. and well, um, we're 45 minutes in when the bat who inspires him to go find that cave and, and bat it up she finally shows up. Right. So, and he does. He just looks at this bat trapped in his foyer. And, um, oh, he suddenly has the whole idea. Yeah. They, they really, Ugh. there were a, a couple of quick, quick wink and nods to year one here, but it Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite very right. quick wink and nods. Um, it, it was it was by no means like a year one reach around or anything. It was just a yeah a quick how do you do? So Batman shows up at these docks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Falcone is there, and uh, Flash is going to make sure that everything's all right. They got the cocaine and the teddy bears and whatnot. And um, we actually get for the first time a proper Batman sequence, mm-hmm. um, like when the guy goes over Complete to the ass, to the ass kicking. Well, when the guy goes over to the dock, uh, uh, over to the big crate, and then you see him putting a thing in there, and all of a sudden he just inexplicably gets sucked into the crate. <laughs> that shit is horror movie shit, and that is exactly how they should be treating everything Batman does when he takes down criminals. Right. Like, they should be doing that every time. That, that is just, I could like see. Falcone, different- uh, Falcone get finally, like, rushes back to his car, and the driver's been knocked unconscious. Yeah. It, it, it's Man. supposed to be the kind of thing where if you're out there, you know, criming it up in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. it's you're, you're it's supposed to be wall-to-wall fear. Yeah. You, you and look like, around and it looks like five men have attacked you and none of them are real. Guys are getting sucked into the darkness. There's a dude walking <laughs> around with a gun, going right. screaming, who are you? And then Batman's just behind him and goes, here. Right. That was awesome. Now, it is followed by maybe the worst fight scene I have ever seen. In any movie, they have it's like Batman in the middle of like a whole group of guys, and it looks like they like shot it from far away, and then realized that there were boom mics in the in the shot or something, so they blew it up, zoomed and panned or something. But it's just like real herky jerky camera movements, and it looks kind of fuzzy, like it's not good resolution for some reason. No, it, it, it looks like just if it had a lens flare, I'd suspect that Abrams was brought in to direct that scene. Yeah, it's got like you have like a bunch of guys just hitting and you can kind of see like a bat head batman's head like in the middle of it and he's just kind of herky-jerky like you don't see any of the action it went from the best batman scene we've ever had to the worst batman scene (laughs) in like a matter of seconds i know i know by the way again foreshadowing your experience for movie two to three i know but by the way one of the worst things in this one of the worst lines in this movie i hate because like, at the like when he decides to like when rachel slaps him and he goes sees falcone and then he comes out and he decides like in that two seconds that he's got to throw away his entire identity and go train he mm-hmm. gives that bum a jack his jacket they right. trade jackets right so at, you know flash forward eight years and that same bum has not aged the jacket in eight has. years the jacket has but he hasn't right and batman looks over and goes nice coat yeah yeah so awful that's and you awful. just uh, the poor guy just, thanks it's it's bad and it's bad. actually they, that's a good point gordon falcone alfred and commissioner Loeb don't age no they already just kind of look old oh plus batty mcbatterson 
He doesn't either. Yeah, well, Bell we doesn't age him. either. It's just his hair. Like I said, if it's forward, he's young. If it's back, he's old. <laughs> period. That's true. No one actually bothered but doing any kind of aging for this thing. When I'm looking at Commissioner Gordon or mm-hmm. Sergeant Gordon or whatever you want to call him, and Commissioner Loeb, mm-hmm. and Bruce is eight years old, and and Alfred is there, and Bruce is eight years old. And then he's thirty years old, and none of those guys have aged. I agree. I, I just don't sometimes that. you don't question it. It's kind of like it, I I know those people that like once they got to be thirty five, that's what they looked like, and it takes another twenty years for the graying process to set in. But at thirty five, that's what they looked like. Period. Nope, don't buy it. I've I know I don't those buy people that I don't buy that every adult in in Bruce's life <laughs> is is one of those Dick people. Clark. No, yeah, is. No, that's not working for me. They're all using uh, Demi Moore's leech treatment every night. <laughs> yeah. It's working wonders. Yeah, that that doesn't at all make sense to me. It's awful. It's just, I mean, even on the animated series, when they flash back like five years, you saw they, they would color Commissioner's hair. Like Commissioner Gordon's hair would be like a light red. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, back to the normal. It's white. Cool. Right. They didn't really, and then like mm. you jump forward in like another two years, and he's very gaunt. He's gotten visibly older. Mm-hmm. They did this in a cartoon. We're talking about a hundred and fifty million dollar budget movie. They can't give me Commissioner Gordon with a few more lines. They can't give me a graying Gordon or a or an older Falcone or. Uh, well, I mean, you remember like every time they have to age Superman in the in the drawings, you just give him like two little crow's feet and a little silver patch on the side of his head. Yes, on the side of each he's head. He's immortal, right? He's damn near immortal. <laughs> he's not actually immortal. He's just gonna no, last a but, really long you know, time. When they have, when they have, well, he's Superman. Right. If he he's gonna have a couple of gray patches on his head and a couple of crow's feet, and Bruce is gonna be in a damn wheelchair, right? And just, decrepit, just, just this side of dust. So yeah, no, I'm not giving that. I'm not giving. <laughs> I'm not g- just giving that to them. That Gordon, Falcone, Alfred, and Commissioner Loeb don't age at all yeah, in I this can, in this timeline. I can agree. I really can. Um, One of the great lines, though, Alfred telling Bruce to start pretending to have fun. I did enjoy that, and that's the first time we've really seen that that version of Bruce in the in the movies. Well, I know, but uh, it, it, they do they do this scene twice where Alfred wakes Bruce up. Mm-hmm. Two scenes where he wakes him up, and the first time he does, he he's a whiny fucking thirteen year old. Bats are nocturnal. Oh come on, man. <laughs> come on, I, I dude. take that over. I I do take that one over. Michael Keaton hanging upside down. Okay, all right. Any day, like Vicky Vale yes, wakes up. Bruce is hanging upside down of those because of evils, bats. But they're still because evil. of bats. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. No, it, like you have the sex with a chick and she wakes up thing. and you're hanging upside. Okay, come on. And then once yeah. you get past the backs are not bots are not turned. You, you had the other thing where at some point Scarecrow gets the best of him, which I'm fine mm-hmm. with. Uh, he he doesn't know who Scarecrow is yet. He hasn't dealt with aerosolized weapons. Um, it, you know, okay. So Crane gets the upper hand on him for a second. Well, um, he spends two days in bed. They wake him up, mm-hmm. and it—it's still every time they wake him up in bed, it like it infantilizes Batman somehow. Yeah, I fucking hate it. Yeah, I see him as a guy who can wake his own damn self up. I don't know. Well, okay, modest okay. expectation of a Bruce. To be fair, Alfred often wakes Bruce up in Batman the animated series. Yeah, and that's Paul Dini. I don't know. I have no problem with 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 Alfred waking Bruce up. Look, like I, now, my a, favorite, as a my favorite version I of that. It. It's just they always shoot him with the they. Well, that's actually the problem. They shoot it the same way they they put him in the same kind of bed that he's that he's in when he's a kid and he won't get out of the bed because he's afraid. 
it's what it makes me yeah. think of every single time they shot that. Uh, now, my favorite my favorite version of Alfred waking Bruce up was mm-hmm. in Beware the Batman, the short-lived CGI mm-hmm. um, a, a series where like Bruce is asleep and he wakes with a start because he realizes someone's in the room and then suddenly a bat comes down and he has to get out. He gets out from under right just in time and starts like fighting whoever it is mm-hmm. and it turns out it's Alfred. <laughs> yeah. It's just part of the training. Like, Alfred just attacks him sometimes. No, that's... uh. It's an amazing thing in uh, those black and whites that we that we thoroughly recommended finding. Yeah, there's a that wonderful wonderful story where it, all it is the the whole thing starts with Bruce or with I mean Batman um, just rushing through the city trying to get back. He he pulls he pulls every trick he's got out and uh, he finally does get all the way back to the Batcave. And the whole time it does, it looks like he's being chased down by you know some enemy you've never even seen before. And he, he gets back uh-huh. there, he's bruised, he's broken. He, literally, I think one of his ribs is broken. Um, he's in poor shape, bleeding all over the place. Equipment damaged to hell and back. And he finally gets back there, and, and uh, Alfred kind of congratulates him, and Bruce asks if he wants to go again. It's apparently a yearly training exercise <laughs> yeah. where he just, Alfred uses every weapon they've got against him to see if he can still, if he can beat his own arsenal. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful little one-take, little one-shot guy. Great, great stuff. Um, okay, so... You want, you want to do Crane? Yeah. Killian Murphy, or Cillian Murphy, however you say his stupid name. Whatever the Irish are saying, do that. This guy thoroughly believes that he is in a Joel Schumacher movie. <laughs> he missed that train. Um, this guy is... I mean, he's a good actor. I've seen him in lots of stuff. Oh, yeah. I dude's like stellar. him. Dude's absolutely stellar. Here? Here? He's Uma Thurman. I don't agree. I don't. He is Oh, man. He is not the one chewing through all that scenery. I, I think he's actually got a pretty subtle performance most of the time. Um, oh, man. No, look at his conversation with Falcone over the... Uh, in the asylum right before he uh, turns him mm. turns him nuts he it's actually no it actually it, he's even got the glasses man go back and look at batman and robin when poison no. ivy is by the way pamela no. Isley. the answer is no i will not go back and watch that film we will go back and watch that because we're <laughs> going to review it one day due <laughs> diligence uh-huh but when you go back and look at that you're going to be disturbed because he's got the glasses he has the it's i will, I will call it a false calm demeanor that she did when she was acting like pamela Isley. I and remember then, the attitude. I do. I just I when she's it plays when he's scarecrow, so much better on a face like Murphy's. No, I disagree. When when he's scarecrow, he's like it's the Batman, and he's like twitching his head and doing like weird okay. like head movements and stuff and like crouching now, and like right. creeping See, around. We have to separate awful. this though. We have to separate it when he's in scarecrow mode and somebody's been um, hit with his with his uh, poison. I can barely understand what he's saying half the time. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know, bizarre world anyway. So I got a problem with that. You can't really overact to that scene. Oh, he's fine when he has the mask on. Right. Now, when he's just being, when he's doing the scene you're talking about, which is at the end when they've actually, well, it's not even the end. Um, when he's at the bottom of uh, Arkham's basement, whatever the hell it is. By the way, yeah. I don't know why the basement has the sewer line for the entire city running over it. but I don't know why the water just doesn't flow out of that hole. Another big problem. I, Pipes don't I don't that know. Way. I don't know how water flows well enough to, to defend this, but I have a sneaking suspicion that if you take a highly pressurized pipe and blow a chunk out of the fucking side of it, it doesn't just keep going in one direction. Pretty sure yeah. somewhere there's a city employee with a job to do. Yep. Um, that's not, and it doesn't stay that way for weeks. No, it has been. It's been weeks. He's been, anyway. But while they're down there, Batman shows up and he does. He gets all excited. Oh, the Batman. 
Yeah, great. All right. Yeah, I agree on that one. I don't like that take. But for me, that's the Jonathan Crane acting like Scarecrow. Because he has a transition from being Jonathan Crane, creepy dude, to Jonathan Crane, mm. guy we realize is creepy dude with high credentials in the crime world, to Jonathan mm. Crane, guy who's kind of going crazy now and believes he's the Scarecrow, to just plain Scarecrow. Um, and Jonathan Crane, when he's just Jonathan Crane, I think he did a great job. I actually do. Um, played just fine for me. He he he's a creepy looking motherfucker anyway. Like Cillian Murphy has the kind of eyes that if you ever meet him in a back alley, go the other way as quick as you can. Sure. Um, once he starts transitioning into creepy guy with a, a high high end job in the crime world, he's still to me doing a pretty good job. Like, I really actually mm-hmm. like that scene with him and Falcone. I thought he played it pretty was, well. Um, yeah, I was okay with him and, but that's until the last I started scene I'm seeing him. Defend. That's where I have yeah. to separate it. When he starts getting all like kooky and stuff, then it's it gets actively weird. bad. Then it gets and weird. It, and then, but then once I've seen that, now that I've seen that, when I go back and look at those other scenes, it's there. It's there, but subdued. Well, that's exactly where I wanted it, though. He does it. He did a good job with it, where it's there and subdued. Now, when he starts to try to get it out of the, yeah, it doesn't work. He ends up just being odd. It, it, it's he's not even droll. He's just he's just yeah. weird. It's bad. Uh, I do want to point out that the phrase psychotropic hallucinogen is incredibly redundant. Mm. By the way, what does that drug do to people? Uh, best guess um, and you know best explanation I've ever seen in any of the books is it the the amygdala's job is to mitigate the flight or fright response and basically mitigate your fear responses. Uh, say amygdala yeah. is the main one. There's plenty more. Don't get me wrong. But okay, I'm basically. saying in this movie the drug is so. All well, that's what I'm place. saying. In in this movie, its job is to kick in the 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 response system that asks you if you're supposed to be afraid, uh, tell you yes, you're supposed to be very afraid, and then kick off the part that's supposed to turn off that, that's mm-hmm. supposed to be able to make you rationally deal with fear. That's all it does. Um, it, it's it's just a jump tart jump start to your your entire fear process. So that part actually stands, you know, pretty much close to what I've I've always understood his little fear toxin to be. You know just what? A, what would have been really cool? Giant throbbing fuck you to the amygdala. When he um when he gasses Falcone, mm-hmm. I think it would have been cooler if Falcone just laughed. <laughs> like if Falcone actually he's this is a guy that runs a city. He's a mob boss. Well, I know, but there there no one is a match for for that kind of brain chemistry. So I don't know. It just that seems to be like the idea, Falcone wouldn't just sit there and scream. It seems like this is a dude that's gone up against the roughest and the toughest and has come out on top. Right. This is a guy who's got to see like a new challenge and be like, yeah, I'm afraid, but this is going to be fun. I no, I would have, I would have really preferred kind of a catatonic state. Just uh, him to just clinch, like just clinch his face with with absolute mm. mindless fear, and then maybe one tear out of the side. Yeah. Speaking that, of catatonic that would have states. Me. Uh, speaking of catatonic states, uh, Crane shows Rachel what they're up to, mm-hmm. then gives her an incredibly, like, ridiculously lethal dose of this drug. Mm-hmm. She passes the hell out. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just in, like, a catatonic state until Batman, like, carries her limp ass to the Batmobile. Then suddenly she's awake because they, the filmmakers needed someone to respond to all the crazy-ass shit that Batman was doing in the car. Well, um... That was probably the point of her being in that car was that she was, like you pointed out, she was supposed to be the voice. Um, mm-hmm. And now that we've created her, she should go on an adventure with Batman. Yay! I think it's dumb. I think it is dumb. I think uh-huh. it was incredibly dumb, and I think no matter what you showed me in that fucking basement, it is not going to be nearly as scary as getting in the car with Batman right now. It, it was nearly as dumb as the giant microwave machine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, it vaporized all the water in the city, but everyone's Pop-Tarts were already done the next morning. Right. They just woke up to a fresh Pop-Tart. 
Hot By the way, this if this thing is an inhalant, mm-hmm. like why aren't people going crazy when they like make macaroni and cheese? Well, I uh, think about um, for instance, Boil if some you, water. if you drink tea, if you're a, a proper tea drinker, you have you know right. tea leaves or at least ground tea or whatever. Anyway, you also have a teapot probably. Um, mm-hmm. Well, basically anyone who's boiled some water recently should have already been experiencing mm-hmm. panic and, and extreme responses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think about there's probably a few saunas. With some steam baths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this doesn't work. It just doesn't fucking work. <laughs> so no it doesn't. It's it a, really doesn't. It's a fatuous plot at best. Yeah. By the way, uh, I guess it was supposed to humanize him, but there's this weird scene where Batman's nice to a kid. Right. A kid right. who's like Tosses apparently now on Game of Thrones. What is he tossing by the way. To? I don't know. It's it was dark. some sort of a piece of equipment. Um, looked like one of the looked like one of the things off his belt, one of the uh, compartments. Yeah. And what's he supposed to do? I mean, it, it, he wants to go. He's going to go prove to the other kids that Batman's real. Yeah, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I mean, so it's only 2005. I'm sure cameras still could take a picture of 05. Um, Let him take a quick shot. So Earl fires. <laughs> Earl fires. Uh, Lucius, mm-hmm. who, by the way. I, I I really wish that he had like why do they uh, they just make it out like he knows everything already like as soon as Wayne comes in he's just like oh you're Batman <laughs> like no, his whole he, demeanor like yeah, Morgan he, Freeman he does he catches on to it pretty quickly and he he specifically says you know if I if I don't know anything I don't have to answer any questions but don't think of me as an idiot and yeah. so now they have this tacit understanding well that's fine but you're right yeah. he he comes in. Way too quick off that off that starting mark. Yeah, it's like Bruce comes down there and he's like, "Hey, I just started at the company. It's my dad's company. I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, cool." And then you've got Lucius sitting there grinning, like, "And you're gonna become Batman, right?" Like he just has this look on his face, like I've read the rest of the script. Yeah, the entire time. And I'm guessing they were like, you know, hey. Wait, 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 what do you want me to play here? Um, Morgan Freeman. Oh, so I just I should just act like I know everything inexplicably? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly okay. it, Morgan. Thank you. We Can't want you to be wise that. beyond your years. That's what we want. But and I'm already kind of old. Before. Exactly. I've said it before. I like it better when Batman actually knows how to put this stuff together himself. He doesn't like... Like, in the comics, yeah, he did kind of raid some... Uh, he did kind of raid some military stuff that Wayne Enterprises had well, sure. been working on. You need a couple and, of shortcuts. No doubt. And, but, you know, using the R&D wing of... of um, yeah, using the R and D wing, yeah, having having a Lucius, I'm fine with all that. I just, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Now, the, I don't mind it if he's if he's got someone that works on this stuff for him. But I just, I, I don't. He doesn't have to be the originator. I just want him to know how it works. Like if the Batmobile broke down on the yeah. side of the road, I, I feel like he should be able to fix it. I don't I want him to call agree. Lucius and Lucius. It broke down. What do I do? What broke down? Uh, my car. Which car? Uh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Are you doing that thing I, I, I don't know you do right now? Yeah, kind of. Okay, so where are you? I don't know. Um, I'm in the Narrows somewhere. I jumped off a lot of buildings. I lost track. Because the Narrows is the only part of the city where crime happens. Right. Um, Until the third so, film. Real quickly, popping back, Bruce is, uh, Bruce is at this hotel mm-hmm. and... His whatever his companions, I guess we'll call them, are are swimming in the fountain, mm-hmm. his and um, he chooses to buy the hotel by stuffing a check into the waiter's pocket. Right. I'm pretty sure that's not how business works. Windmills. Yeah. Did you just sing windmills? I did. 
Good job. It okay. was deserving. So you can't. Yeah. You, you, it, was, it was one of the more silly things, uh, and there are several things about it that are silly. Um, first of all, you can't. I, I'm pretty sure that the 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 waiter is not actually an authorized signator on the building, and probably can't oh, transfer yeah, no. ownership. Um, second, they didn't exactly negotiate a price, so we have to assume he tossed him like a couple billion dollars. Fine. I mean, he's got it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, this is all to go swim in a pool. And the craziest part about it to me is that the people at the table with him, once he buys this hotel and wanders off to tramp in the pool with a couple of lady friends, continue their conversation as though nothing happened. There's not even a like, oh, Bruce. Nothing. Fucking nothing. You scamp. Right. Yeah. They just kind of, oh, yeah, it is Thursday, isn't it? Bruce always buys a hotel from a waiter on Thursday. Well, they don't really they don't really go back into that conversation because they're too busy having him walk out with those women and then there's Rachel who just happens to show up at the same time and he he has to get all strainy and weird and say like this isn't really me, Rachel. I know it looks bad, but right. uh, I, I'm not having sex with them women, and I'm not drunk. And Definitely still not out me. being a playboy. You know what I did like about this uh, that scene though? Bruce stops to tip the valet. Yes. A- a proper a proper acknowledgement of, of service workers and the need for tips. I, I love it. Yep, yep. So even the Playboy version of him isn't, you know, a dick. By the way, um, one of the worst lines in this movie, and this is direct, almost directly after the big car chase sequence, which I'm pretty sure... I mean, I mean, I'm I'm glad Alfred said no one was killed, but I don't see how. Yeah, exactly. Um, but one of the worst lines is like Rachel's in the Batcave and she wakes up and he's like, "I know you just woke up, but I'm gonna sedate you again, and then you're gonna have to give these vials to Commissioner Gordon or Sergeant Gordon, and you're gonna." But he says he makes some comment that he was like, "If it wasn't for the antidote, your mind would now be lost." That <laughs> phrase, "Your mind would now be lost." That stood out to me as even worse than the rest of the dialogue in this movie. No, it it compared to Katie Holmes being otherwise wooden, it was petrified wood. <laughs> it were bad. Um, I mean, I agree. I agree. That may, that actually may make the top of the list for bad lines. Because as much as we didn't like a lot of the lines, they're still perfectly good lines. We didn't like how much they overuse certain things, but they're still actually yeah. good on a sheet of paper. That one's just plain weird. Um, and there's another weird thing about that scene. He gets in there. There's two vials. There are two vials in this whole thing. You've got one that's supposed to be for Gordon to inoculate himself in case of a burn. Right. And you have one that's supposed to be used for mass production. And then he brings both right. of the vials to uh, to her. Uh-huh. Doesn't he get one of the vials to Lucius, though? Hmm. I, I couldn't figure it out at, at exactly what the path of that one, the mass production vial was. Um, it Maybe he said to get one of those to Lucius Fox. I, I don't know why he I, couldn't I, give him to Lucius Fox. It seems like he could probably do both. She just went through a hell of a lot of drugs. He's been there. He slept for two days after he was drugged by him. Um, mm-hmm. He pretty much wakes her up. Puts her back down and then gives her shit to do. Um, a little presumptuous, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I did like that he knocked her back out. And I, I actually did like that she took it well. Because she was like, oh yeah, well obviously you have to knock me back out because I can't do it. Right. Which I I would completely understand the utility of that. If I was her, I'd be like, well, I understand. But I would still try to talk about it. Do you yeah. not have a sack? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock you back out because in like two days time, I'm going to say something that, that you once said to Bruce Wayne. That'll make you think that I'm Bruce Wayne. Right. He's he's fucking itching to tell her the entire movie. He He's just champing at the bit to try to actually get, get her this damn knowledge. It, and then this time, he, he puts her down. Ah, it seemed weird. Seemed entirely All right, weird. so jumping ahead to the big 30th birthday party for Bruce. Mm-hmm. With yet more turns of phrase. 
the thing that like I really enjoyed the 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 drunken no Bruce being a dick that was good stuff that was fine that was, was awesome good stuff um I enjoyed it right up to the point where you know like oh, okay cool big reveal I knew it was gonna happen but big reveal that uh, that uh, you know uh, Liam Neeson is Rachel Ghoul okay of cool um, as soon as I saw him they were like oh he's Henry Ducard and I'm like no he's not. <laughs> you see that mustache don't fool yourself right but um he's burning the place down he's burning down wayne manor and he says you burned my house and left me for dead consider us even Mm -hmm. bruce didn't do that i mean he burned his house but he he did you know a lot of stuff to keep him from dying like he didn't quite leave him for dead he left him with he saved him from falling off of a cliff he did he walked he like like carried him down a mountain torn both of his pecs off of his chest right i don't think there there's not enough leverage in the world to make that happen that is one hell of a butterfly man that is one hell of a butterfly press hey yeah you know um so he takes him he uh you know leaves him with an an elderly asian gentleman Mm -hmm. to 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 (laughs) nurse him (laughs) back to health we're supposed to believe as a doctor of some kind I don't know. Why not? He's elderly and he's Asian. Isn't that just the stereotype in movies? Like, if he's on a mountain and he's Asian and he's old, and he lived in a hut, he can. That part's true. He can get some. And he did have something boiling when he got there. Right. He has something boiling. He's got some like herbs and one of those like little bowls with the like the little knobby handle thing that you can like crush stuff up with. Right. No, he does. He does basically leave him with an old dude and and uh, peace, good luck kind of thing. Right. And we didn't exactly verify that it was a doctor. So, yeah, for all we know, we left him with, like, the, the town's, the, the village rapist. Right. And, well, you know. you know, it makes me think that that old Asian dude didn't, like, live up to his word, though. Because he told Bruce, I will tell him you'll save his life. Cool. Right. <laughs> Except I think maybe he didn't. As soon as he woke up, the old Asian guy was like, so I was walking up near this place and it exploded and I grabbed you. I'm so awesome. Give me money. Right, he was like that Wayne guy. Was that Wayne dick. guy, you Total know what he did? Dick. He flicked you off, and he went. He, I saw him walk away. I don't know, some white dude. He was just like he threw you the finger, and he was left. It was weird. He, he said specifically a he was couch. like, "Fuck, what's your name, by the way?" Ray. He was like, "Fuck rage." Yeah, see. <laughs> so I don't know if it's completely. Uh, I mean, I feel like we needed another scene of that all happening for Rage to get the idea that that Bruce left him for dead, but well, whatever. I mean, he left him where he could have potentially died. We know that at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, slightly we, annoying, yeah. but it's definitely better than I left you than being left, you know, falling off the side of the cliff. I don't know. I don't right. Know. It was so one of those we, you know, weird we... motivational plot points that makes no damn sense. Yeah. And so he's he's about to go and uh, wreak vengeance or justice, as he would put it, on Gotham. Of course. And uh, and Alfred. One of my favorite lines, is harmony, though. By the way, another line. Yeah, one of my favorite lines is uh, when when Br- Alfred is trying to get Bruce out from underneath that burning plank of wood, and he's like, "What bloody good are all those push-ups if you can't even <laughs> leave a log?" Like, and he does. He gets this like, log. "You know what, British dude, you're right." He right. I did enjoy that, and that they, you know, they they jump into the ele- little elevator and go into the back cave, and then we get another freaking callback. You know the. Uh, why do we fall, Master Bruce? And a cut, you know. Then Bruce looking into the distance, and we see him remembering once again the damn stethoscope and his father. Of course. Ugh. Um. So back to over to Gotham. Uh, the co- uh, <laughs> Raish and his men dressed as cops go in the Narrows. They've got the microwave emitter. Uh, 
Rachel goes into the, she demands to go across the bridge into the narrows. No one asks for any credentials. She's like, I'm assistant DA. And the cop's like, none of my business. <laughs> he stops her and she's like, I'm the assistant DA. Okay, cool. I'm the queen of England. Do you have credentials? No, none of that. Right. Just, all right, go ahead. Um, well, the cops she goes are over not there. a vigilant sort in Gotham. I uh, know, but she goes over there and she finds like all these cops, and she's like, oh, "I need help." Blah blah blah. Cause she's got the little boy that Batman ran into. I don't know why she has that little boy. Of course she does. They though. just ran into does. each other in He's the narrows. The only kid that lives in the narrows. Right, the only kid who lives in the narrows. Um, and runs into this kid, and they go for, looking for the cops, and of course they run across the the racial ghoul cops. And uh, and then somehow Scarecrow just runs up for no damn reason at all. Like everyone's just running into each other in this narrows. It's like this place has got to be huge, right? Mm-hmm. And he just Scarecrow just inexplicably shows up on a horse. Yeah, yeah, on a horse too. And from way far back, like he was, he like he was way far away. And then like, and Rachel says a thing. I don't remember what she says, but she says a thing. And then like Crane like rides up on the horse and responds to her. I'm like, how did you even hear her, dude? But whatever. What? And. <laughs> best thing about the that and this it does this all this terrible coincidence this movie coincidence bullshit winds mm-hmm. up being the best part of the movie because he's giving this speech about fear and blah 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 and rachel just tases him in the face <laughs> just shoots him in the face with a taser and he like l- falls over limp on the side of the horse and just screams and the horse runs off and he's just screaming in the distance that <laughs> is that is by a very long shot the most likely thing that would happen in this film yeah big that long is- my speech. favorite taser motherfucker and then man cries <laughs> that is my favorite part of the movie it reminds me so much of um a scene from buffy the vampire slayer mm-hmm. where she's fighting vampires and she's like this is getting too easy blah 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 and she walks away and the camera pans over to spike okay. who is standing there he's like oh no and he gives this great like dramatic villainous speech about how he will drink deep and as he like turns dramatically to walk away, he falls into an open grave. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Just Scarecrow giving this great villainous speech and just right in the middle of it, she just tases him in the face and he just falls over limp. Oh! <laughs> and it great. is. It's, it's this... <laughs> It's a really bad scream. Like you remember the I, I forget I keep forgetting the name of this scream. It they used it in Star Wars and it's become an industry joke now. Every time you exp- you you blow something up, you do that. Ah! Yeah, the uh the, what what is it the um the Wilhelm scream? I think so, yeah. And it he does, it sounds like it sounds like he did his own like extended cut version of the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Ah! Run away. Yeah. Or trot away. Or be dragged away by a tr- horse trot. Oh, no, it's a... It's a ah! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's my, that's my favorite part of Batman Begins right there. Right. Just Scarecrow getting tased. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's an extremely confusing part to me in the middle of the... Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the middle of this... All right, you go back to the party. Uh-huh. And this older lady comes and introduces uh Yeah, who Rage. the hell was that? I don't know. She comes, she introduces Rage. The guy turns around, he's like, You're not Rage. And then he turns around and there's Ross, whatever. And then he he turns mm-hmm. around and uh, and there's Liam. Um with all his mustachioed glory. Mm-hmm. Um you watch in the background and like quietly this this old lady and and the 
the Asian fella just sort of just stroll away. They just they just sink into the background of the party like together. Yeah, they they seem to have brought her to act like a socialite long enough to get into the party, just long enough to grab Bruce to bring Mm -hmm. him over to this guy to make that scene. Yeah, it's real weird. It was odd. It's real weird. It was odd. Almost as weird as how Batman could just glide around over the narrows that's full of like steam and gas and know exactly where he's supposed to go. Of course. Oh, here's here's the thing that's really annoying. Batman explains everything that's, that, that the microwave emitter is going to do that's going to run down on the train and, and blow up those, those water mains and disperse the gas throughout the city. Not five seconds later, we have an old guy explaining the same thing in great detail. <laughs> Who's looking at the at the mains, like, who's actually working at the water company or whatever. Yeah, he's the asshole who's been ignoring a giant alarm somewhere on his, his, his computer that says, water mm-hmm. main pressure value lost. Yeah, he's like, those mains are gonna blow! I'm like, yeah, we know. Right. Batman we, told we us. We just discussed this, and Batman said it, so we, we're, we're taking it for word here. We said, no, but you don't understand, they're gonna blow! I get it, dude. I get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, but I'm a regular guy with a family. I understand there are stakes. I get it. Thank you, film. Thank you for pointing out that people have stakes. Appreciate it. Right. I don't even Oh. I don't even know. I mean, and I don't even want to get into, you know, the finale. Gordon being just a, a child at an arcade. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, why don't you get into that? Well, that's actually it. Um, it's almost just not worth worth spouting on. He He's a child at an arcade. He gets And even the lead the up is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Can you drive stick? Yeah, yeah. All right, see, when you, those scenes, those little lines, can you drive stick? Uh, nice coat. W- were mm-hmm. we just trying to do a nod at the, the, the previous Batman films? Or were we just trying to no. say, like, no, we understand, can't be. Ha, 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 ha. No, that didn't work. The, Fucking yeah. put it in the some of these lines, the Some of these lines are worse than than some of the Schumacher lines. Yeah. Like, the line in, in uh, Batman Forever, I'll get drive through. Oh, my God. I know right. you. they put that in there so, because they knew they had to deal with McDonald's. And they right. used it. They used it. I remember those commercials. Oh, yeah. Of course they did. Now, the one I actually like, oddly enough, is Batman and Robin, where like Robin is like, oh, I want a car. Chicks dig the car. And Batman just goes, this is why Superman works alone. <laughs> that was good. That was good, yeah. Batman and Robin. But but by that point, you were already kind of waiting for a joke because the whole damn film was. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. Now and and then the whole finale, the whole climax, blah blah blah, subway fight, blah blah blah. Um, mm. And the reason I say blah 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 is because a subway fight between Batman and and Rage at this point is actually much less interesting than say the the training uh, uh-huh. whole section of training. I I thought it was a lot better yeah. fight on the ice. Agreed. Looked better. A lot more fun to it. You could see everybody move around. Got to play with swords. All kinds of fun. We got the thing where Gordon is shooting the, the, the railway and Bruce is like, you never did learn to mind your surroundings, which is the callback to what Rage told him. <sighs> Twice. And awful. It makes no sense. Um, makes no sense. No, it, uh, how was he supposed to be aware of that surrounding? How how was he supposed to know that he had a guy that was about to shoot out the subway system? Whatever, whatever, freaking whatever. Um, <laughs> now they they made a point to do the same shot and do the callback to the gauntlet and and uh, mm-hmm. see this is actually something I really like about how they how they have Rage treat him and how he fights is uh, he every time he every time he attacks him as he's attacking him he's calling out the style that he's using and just just mockingly referring to the style like he's 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 beating him with ease and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. giving him a kindergarten um 
I like that. That was actually really cool. Same thing I liked about Arrow when when they had Rage. He just he does. He's just toying with these people. You That's... know Liam Neeson. They actually did. They wanted him to come back as Rachel Gould on Arrow, I'm and he so said glad he would have done. Happen. He said he would have done it. Damn but, right he would have done um, it. He said he would have. Liam Neeson was going to be on Arrow. He wanted to be on Arrow, but he had another film commitment. But he, he actually did wolves. say that he wanted to do it. Huh? He had to go kill some wolves. Yeah. I, I couldn't I kinda, have dealt with it. I really didn't, because it would have bothered me that this movie was was uh, part of the continuity. Would have pissed me off. Yeah, that's the part eh, that would have wouldn't me. necessarily make it part of the continuity, but it, it would be, be enough. Weird. You there? That's, that's Saint Else wearing this shit. That's what that is, and I won't stand <laughs> for it. All right, so the line one itself. One of the most controversial. The, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. One of the most controversial things in this movie mm-hmm. is maybe not as bombastically controversial as Superman snapping Zod's neck in Man of Steel, mm-hmm. but it is Christopher Nolan, and we do get something similar. You all remember it. I I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Right. Which is kind of fun to watch, but... Um, it, the line but, fooled me. The line fooled me for about 20 seconds. I heard the line and thought, <laughs> that's really good. And then about 20 seconds later, I, that's how long it took me to to re, re uh, to deconstruct it and go, wait, no, that's terrible. Hold on. I was wrong. I was fooled by the phrase. Yeah. Batman would totally, like, punch Ra's al Ghul in the face, mm-hmm. knock him out, mm-hmm. grab his limp ass, and do exactly what he did, but with Ra's in tow. Of course. Of Unless, like, same way he did with Doctor Honey at the beginning of the film, and it was almost like they were actually saying that this to the fans, like, look, we don't have a good way of Raish getting away uh, with the setup that we've done, and we didn't think about it, but we realized that Batman doesn't kill, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. That sound right? Okay, cool. Yeah, that that work. <laughs> Batman didn't kill him. Batman didn't kill him. Right, right. This is the same yeah. thing I was talking about with the Arkham games and leaving yeah. those poor bastards. I was in about a to say, and Batman didn't drown those poor men. Right. When he neglected <laughs> to pull their faces out of the water. Let's just. <laughs> it it is. Look, the bat wreaks havoc. It's what happens. Think about how many thugs he's taken down in his day, and probably a couple of them were just were just taking. Uh, you know what? No, just taking a couple no. of bad turns. Screw all this shit, man. Let's just do, like, let's have a, like, I'm, that's what I want for my Batfleck. That's what I want for Batfleck. I, let's just do straight up golden age, snapping some snapping necks. Snapping a neck with shooting, a foot. Huh? Sh- shooting dudes in the head with his gun that he has in his holster on his side. Golden age Batman. Let's do that. Let's just, let's get Batman grabbing chicks and going pop a spank. I, Let's just do all of that right now. You know what? It, you you have fun with that, and you have fun with your movies that I won't watch. I hope you enjoy them, you selfish prick. No, no fucking way I'm watching that movie. You know you'd be the first in line for I'd a I'd be the first in line to, to, to watch. No, it, what it ended up being is, even if I did, if I go to BVS and uh, he actually pulls out a gun and shoots somebody in the head with a sniper rifle, you're going to hear me kind of go, all right, dusty trail it is. Get up and walk out of the theater. You're not going to get up and walk out of the theater. The hell I'm not. We have a podcast to do. Yeah, and I'll explain how enraged I am. <laughs> he like shoots a dude through the head it'll be the most single-minded uh, myopic podcast i've ever performed but that w- that's what'll happen damn it he, he shoots the dude through the head we see the brain fly out of the head and he just looks over and goes rubber bullets promise <laughs> right right <laughs> i'm walking out of that film oh i'm so afraid for the future of the podcast now i know <laughs> 
what, what's going to happen is I'm going to walk out of the film and find you still in the parking lot, or at least you'll find me 10 minutes later when they announce that it was Dick Grayson that died. We'll go weep together in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. We'll go have a beer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thusly cry gonna, into uh, it. Yeah, I'm going to go have a pint, and uh, when they ask me for a refill, I'll say, no, that's okay. I've filled my glass with bat tears. <laughs> and I'll drink them. All right. So Batman begins. Uh, we <laughs> we have this bit where okay, everything is hunky dory and everything, and everything's fine again. And Wayne Manor is burnt to the ground, but hey, what are you gonna do? Um, no, he's gonna rebuild it brick for brick. That's what he's gonna do. He's, gonna he's going to rebuild it just the way he found it. And what he's gonna do to do that is he's gonna get a twelve dollar hammer, uh-huh. and he's gonna walk right into all the wreckage with all the smoldering wood, and he's going to apparently put it together nail for nail while wearing four hundred fifty dollars worth of clothes from J Crew. One of the dumbest fucking right. shots I've ever seen. That sounds right. And um, just him out there with a the hammer, I, like damn Farnsworth. <laughs> Well, good news, everyone. I'm going to rebuild the mansion brick for brick. <laughs> um, Turn it into a giant man-eating robot. And Rachel comes by in her expensive high heels. And, <laughs> and yeah, somehow doesn't break a damn ankle getting to him. On right. The, yeah. No, she, can, just... she can afford very expensive clothing, but apparently not a bra, by the way. Right. It's frosty out there by, by old Wayne Manor. Well, there's, and, um, you know. It was it was already a bit nippy. That's why they had the big walls and the gates and all the ivy. Right, right. Um, so she pulls an ollie, does the dick thing, and kisses him, and then tells him, you know, you're not the man I love. The man I love died years ago. This is your, and she gives him a bunch of bullshit about a mask. Like this is not your. Actually, that's not one of the things I I minded. Is if that speech by itself, you know, the pointing at Bruce Wayne's face and saying, "This is your mask." Hey, perfect, you nailed it. That That is a concept. That is a concept I want to see played out on the screen, not ignored the entire movie, and then mentioned as an excuse for why some chick can't bang Bruce. Right, right, yeah, I can get behind that. I mean, that's why Rachel is that's full why of shit, Conroy's and the movie didn't. Batman, the movie, works. the movie ignored that entire concept. The movie ignored that entire the affectation he puts on his voice when he's Batman. No, no, the Batman voice is supposed to be his real voice. Right, Bruce is the affectation, and every in every way. But at the end of the day, he's out there at Wayne Manor, like, oh, I'll be with you, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Oh, you whiny bastard. Yeah. He's like talking about maybe one day when Gotham doesn't need a Batman. And apparently like that conversation It always reminds me though of like when when, when you're breaking up with somebody and, and you know, it's kinda one sided and you're like, Well maybe one day we can try it again, right? You know, maybe. Like we can keep that on the table, right? Come on, dude. It's over. Take it. Yeah. Just 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 go ahead and start the next chapter of your life. Yeah. Bruce doesn't We've all been there. I'm Bruce sorry, is, dude. Bruce is a little slow on the uptake. Right. For someone to be Batman. Well, and by the way, a, this, this is not a quick-minded guy. A hell of a fighter, mind you, but not quick-witted. There's a reason they never showcased any of his actual detecting abilities. He's not a detective in this movie. He's mm-hmm. he just bumbles around. <laughs> he doesn't pick up, you know, what she's putting down. No. You know about how she's like. Well, I mean, I've always wanted to kiss you, so all right. So now that's out of the way, and. Uh, it was kind of weird. It was like kissing my brother. So I'm going to come up with a bunch of bullshit about how, you know, I fell in love with Bruce Wayne. But, yeah, Bruce Wayne doesn't really exist anymore. The mask is the bat. and the Or the mask is the Bruce Wayne. And bat is the Okay. 
which would have been a fine sentiment if we had actually seen any of that in the actual Which is movie, a, a fun twist on, uh, oh, it's not me, it's other you. It, yeah, which really I just translate into being like, okay, so you're kind of psycho. There are so many other ways you could like honor your parents' death and like benefit mankind without putting on a Batman mask and gliding around the city. Mm-hmm. Not down for that. That's kind of weird, Bruce. Right. That's really weird. And I signed on to play a real girl. <laughs> No, I'm she, not like you, a you want her to tell him, like, okay, you want to help the city, right? Check. Okay, you want to hit people, right? Okay, go sign up to be a UFC fighter and donate all your proceeds to the Gotham Found- or to the Wayne Foundation. Right, right. That, this is how Rachel approaches it. No, 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 I'll set up the paperwork and everything. Yeah. We'll get you your own 103 say. It'll be fine. Um. <laughs> all right, Batman Begins. What What do you think? How, how close did it actually come to being an actual Batman movie? Uh, more than 50. More than 50? Yeah. I mean, it, it's... Not it's definitely not the worst one out there. And there oh, are parts no, there, no. there, there are parts of it that, that were uh that were there. Like his relationship with Gordon, granted, neither side of that coin is where I wanted it to be, but at least there is a relationship. Yeah. Um and it's an important one. They they do bother developing a few things. They they go into uh the bat arsenal. Um mm-hmm. watching him actually play with his toys the first time, pretty fun. Yeah. Like, the look good. on his face when he sees all of Lucius's equipment. This all sounds weirdly homoerotic when I'm saying it out loud. Um, uh-huh. it, it's, it's actually, that's, that's, I would be just as excited looking at all this, like fucking millions of dollars worth of R and D. Um, mm-hmm. and he's thinking, oh, and it's already mine. Um, it, watching him get to, to build the, um, the equipment and build the persona, you know, at least they did it. Uh, at least they took an honest swing at it. Um, again, yeah, we could have done without Rachel Dawes. I understand though that they wanted to, to give him kind of a, they wanted to show him being human and then show that he couldn't be human. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But we just didn't need to make that that big of a deal. We could have just cast someone that wasn't, uh, you know, uh, even Katie Holmes has a name, you know, that's bigger than the character that I would have required to do that role. Um, I, um, yeah, that's one of those weird things for me, like where she was actually more pop. Like, we don't know who Rachel Dawes is. We know who <laughs> Katie Holmes is. So the entire time I want to call her Katie Holmes. And we have this, I have the same problem for And Dark she doesn't Knight. exactly, always... like, take me away so far as an actress that I just, that I'm buying the character. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, Katie Holmes playing so and so. Yeah, we're not talking about a Meryl Streep here. Right. Um, I, I, to me, I feel like, you know, Nolan wanted to ground this character in a way that made sense to him. And he was just 30, around 30 years old when he, when he made the movie. And I feel like he was just like, well, I mean, a guy like Bruce, he's going to want to be with somebody realistically no right right no i mean maybe yeah but in my head bruce doesn't really get around to that ever like mask of the phantasm was like the that would be the, that was the, actually the perfect point in his life where he would and dini and his team really nailed it in, in the dcau because mm-hmm. it was like okay he's a young guy he comes back to gotham he's about to start his war on crime and oh yeah this girl from my past oh man i wasn't i didn't plan on being happy then you flash forward well, to when he's like 60 was, years old. They didn't, he's 60 years old and he's looking at old pictures of kind of girlfriends that he had and going what could have been. Right. You see him actually kind of almost imagining what he could have, the life he could have had. No regret, really. Just, you know, a little, bit of, a little bit of sympathy for the for the loneliness yeah. he feels. Um, fine. Perfect. But what you just described, though, he comes back to town and right before he starts actually, you know, his, his starts his war on crime. He meets a girl from his past. So far, that's just Batman Begins. Um problem is they you know in the in the dcau they made you care about this character and they made you care about the relationship they made it fucking cute as hell is what they did and over here man just 
I don't. I don't care. I don't care one bit. Yeah. And take away my problem, my my ongoing problem that it's just that it's a it's facile to me to to give him a relationship because you're not ever gonna really do anything with it. It's like showing me an unloaded mm. gun. Um, I don't care right. unless you're in pistol whipping range. We're not talking. So yeah, take that problem off the table, and you've still got. If I just if I if I give that up for now and just watch this film, you still didn't make me care. And that was that was just because you didn't give me enough good scenes. Like that scene with the arrowhead is not enough, dude. That is not enough to make me think, oh, how adorable those two eight year olds should definitely grow up and have sex. That's mm-hmm. not happening. Yeah, like at best, this is a girl that he knew when he was he was a little boy, right? <clears throat> and they pretend he goes off. You know, he grows up and goes off to Princeton. And apparently, like when the Waynes died, well, it was just Alfred then, because they show that scene of him looking out the window and Rachel kind of waves to him. Doesn't even say a proper goodbye. Just kind of waves to him and they leave. Mm-hmm. And purportedly never to return to Wayne Manor um, in any kind of official capacity. Right. Um, this is only slightly less egregious than if they'd actually had Bale reading a Superman comic and scoff and throw it aside and go, that's bullshit. <laughs> right. And they, <laughs> they meet each other again so far later that, mm. you know, clearly there's a Facebook or something where they were able to keep up and put right. name with it. Because he, he, by all rights, could have walked right past her and not noticed that, oh, yeah, that was that girl I played with, like, every day when I was a kid. Yeah, and they hint that there was, you know, that they remained friends and stuff and blah, 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 blah. They remained acquainted. Eh. Was kinda... eh. You know what? Take out all the Rachel Dahl stuff. Make it an assistant, you know, DA Harvey Dent. Make Gordon a badass. Tell his story. And all the time you took up, you know, with Gordon and Rachel, just make it all Gordon and assistant DA Harvey Dent. Right. Good. Yeah, they could have done this. uh, They could have done instead of what they did, they could have done a combination of kind of parts of the long Halloween and that origin of Harvey. Parts of year one. And uh, man, you'd have fucking been happy. They could have done. They could have gone over year one and the long Halloween. And oh, man, that would have been that would have been your boy. right? That would have been my sweet spot right there. Yeah. And then Maybe, you still you know. would have been able to, and they do a, you know, a, a, you remember watching this the first time and you see the the Joker card at the end and think, oh, yeah. Then you heard it was yeah. Heath Ledger and thought, oh, and then you saw it and thought, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> that roller coaster aside, yeah. but I, uh, they did, they yeah. set it up for a lot of, a lot of joy. And if they'd given you that kind of movie where there was, where we just actually introduced characters that we, we knew already because mm-hmm. there's. Come on, man. There's there's a few hundred IPs attached to this character. Just grab one. Yeah, I mean, you know, they for me they screwed up Scarecrow and uh, talk about facile. I mean, jeez. Um, <laughs> I and it tortures me. It tortures me every single time because Cillian Murphy looks like he'd be a great Jonathan Crane. Yeah, and I thought I mean, his Jonathan I, Crane was actually great. I thought his Scarecrow was fucking terrible. Um, I'm just sitting there going, dude, where was Jeffrey Combs? <laughs> but you, you always think where was Jeffrey Combs? And most of the time I you know. think, and most of the time you can respond to yourself going, "Oh, over there," because he's in. Yeah, everything. most of the time I can respond over there, but yeah, most of the time I do think where was Jeffrey Combs, and mm-hmm. I'm always right. Mm-hmm. I'm always right. It, like Cillian Murphy would have made a great Scarecrow done correctly. <laughs> I have no problem with that guy as 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 a, as a choice. He would he would have been oh man he would have been good. Well, if if Christopher Nolan isn't going to rein him in on being realistic, who the hell would? I don't know. Apparently, Peaky Blinders is kind of killing it. When you actually let the guy be Irish, he just knocks it out of the park. Um, <laughs> he kind of does. <laughs> tell me one time. <laughs> now, granted, it's such a deep Irish that I can't understand half what he's saying. I just I, yeah. I watch a lot of a lot of British television. That is just not enough training to get into the deep Irish stuff. Um, one of my favorite movies is um. Gosh, I can't. I'm not going to remember the name of it now that I've said it's one of my favorite movies. Of course you're not. <laughs> I remember though it was um, him and uh, and O'Brien Cole from. Meany. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cole Meany and uh, Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's deep track. Uh, gosh. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on that right now. Hey, we'll leave Over it here looking Somebody at my DVD out. wall. And uh, I'm pretty sure my names. girlfriend has that. There's a good movie with those three characters, those three actors involved. It's worth the time. Yeah, but um, I need subtitles to, to watch it. I can't understand what they're saying. Right. No, uh, but Cillian Murphy would have made a fine choice. I, I just wish they'd done more. Liam Neeson, hey, what, you know, come on. What's he ever ruined? I've seen Liam Neeson in many things. I've seen him in many things I didn't like. It's never his fault. Right, right. I'm just, I'm, I'm confused by his existence. Um, I'm like, ooh, Liam Neeson. Oh, wait, Liam Neeson. Right, I know. <laughs> it's a little like the Christopher Walken syndrome. Like, you don't pick good roles, and I think you do it on purpose, but I'm not sure. <laughs> just trying to stretch himself as an actor. It's like Neeson, like, grew up just wishing he could be uh Chuck Connors or something, you know? Like, no, Lee, ne- Neeson, like everybody else of his, Chuck era, Bronson. Up, wish Nick could be James Bronson. Bond. Chuck Bronson, like what they all. Death Wish. You look at all those Taken <laughs> yeah, movies. This is like the. He's just like, oh, the Death Wish. Oh, I love those movies. Mm-hmm. They're so good. No, they're not. Liam, stop. <laughs> no, they're. Well, I was in that awful Star Wars movie. I might as well just. They're action do crack. Um, I don't know. I, overall, though, what I'd, I'd say like sixty percent bat. Yeah, I yeah yeah. It's about sixty yeah. percent. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't round down. It doesn't round up. It's either. a it's a boring movie. It is largely a boring movie. Batman Begins. I you know I'm not sure I wanted to see him begin after all. No, and don't get me wrong. They took a lot of these problems and they fixed a lot of them for Dark Knight. Uh, they created kind of. they created a few more. Um, but as a movie, it's a much better it's a much better output than what you got here. Yeah, I, I mean, once you get to the Dark Knight, it's you know it, it's it's closer to the Bat. It's closer to a what makes a good action movie in general um mm-hmm. it's even got good aspects of what makes a you know a, a, a mystery it there's it ends up being just an actually good film with really good acting and um we thought there was hope because we thought we saw a trend but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey. all right well i think that's gonna do it for this review of batman begins and for this episode of dc on screen we are dc on screen and you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Go and give us uh, five-star ratings and uh, r- some good reviews over there. It'll really help us out. Uh, we're also on Facebook and DCOnScreen.com. If you want to check out some Marvel stuff, go check out the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast uh, hosted by Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall. They're our friends. They're our buddies. So go give them a listen. Uh, we are going to be coming back next week, and we're going to do so. We're going to do our new, normal news episode, and then we're going to do The Dark Knight. As we've said. <laughs> And um, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be it'll be a good time. It. I don't think it'll be quite as hateful as this. Uh, it won't be quite as. You won't know hateful until you get to Dark Knight Rises. But <laughs> hey, that's that's true menace. That's what I feel when I remember that movie. If you have any opinions on our on our Batman Begins cast or anything we've done, leave us some comments. Uh, we'll we'll get back to you on the show. Mm-hmm. We hope to see you next week. Until until that time comes. Uh, Put some uh, DC on your screen. (laughs) I know we will.